0: Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with author illustrator John Rocco. Blizzard, his latest picture book, arrives in late October from Disney Hyperion, which is sponsoring this podcast. John Rocco's previous picture books include Wolf, Wolf, Moon Powder, Foo Finds the Way superhero and the barber of doom and blackout for which he received a caldecott honor fans of rick riordan's work will also recognize rocco's artwork from the covers of the percy jackson Kane chronicles and heroes of olympus series in blizzard rocco shares a story from his own childhood when during the blizzard of 1978 which dumped an enormous amount of snow on his rhode island town he strapped tennis rackets to his feet to serve as snowshoes and made his way into town to pick up supplies for his friends and neighbors uh thanks for speaking with me john absolutely So just how true to life is this story? You know, the the tennis rackets, the the trudging into town, uh, to the store. This is all based based on things that happened to you as a kid? Yes, it is. We were snowed in for nine days
1: in our street because the snowplows didn't come to our area at all. They were just working on some of the main roads. And we were actually running out of food. I was 10 at the time, and I had tennis rackets in the garage. I remember... Very vividly. Uh, my sister had a Chris Everett tennis racket and I had a Bjorn Borg tennis racket that was blue and hers was white. <laughs> and um, I tied them to my feet and they helped me stay on top of the snow enough to get out to the uh, to the main roads, which were plowed. You know, they, they clumped up quite a bit, but mm-hmm. uh, they they worked because walking through the snow, it was anywhere from – Three feet deep to you know in some places it was way over my head because uh, there was a lot of snow drifts uh, from the wind, so it was uh, it was wild
0: so it sounds like uh, not, it definitely made a mark. Did, you, did a lot of uh, memories of the blizzard really stick with you even to this day? Was that a pretty easy thing to, to draw
1: from with the book you know it 's funny um, my daughter who 's eight she for for a while i guess since since she was about four. Um, she always started asking both my wife and I questions about, well, tell me about when you were little and tell me about, you know, and if it was Christmas time, tell me about Christmas when you were little. Tell me about this and tell me about that. And so I always, uh, you know, these things were in the back of my memory, but I hadn't thought about them in, in years and years. And she kind of forced me to to mine this area of my memory and, and dredge these things up. Uh, And then I called my my mother and and sort of confirmed (laughs) what these memories were. And my father actually had saved all of the newspapers from that week, Uh, Mm. the Boston Globe, the Providence Journal. um, And he sent them to me, uh, which was great to see, you know, all of that. Now, of course, the, the blizzard itself was for adults, I don't think as fun as it was for kids. So my memory of it is, is much different than perhaps my father's or my mother's memory of it.
0: Mm-hmm. When you were sort of uh, diving back and you know, sort of trying to reassemble your own memories of it, um, what were the things you know from that nine day period that sort of um, I guess popped out most readily to you, either that made it into the book or maybe that didn't?
1: Well, I, I would say you know the. Digging the snow tunnels and forts in our front yard, um, and going out the window because our our front door was uh, there was a snow drift all the way up to our front door. So, and we have those you know those old storm doors that open out, so we couldn't open the storm door. So we had to go out the window uh, mm-hmm. to get <laughs> into the snow, and and my window was actually. The window that we could go out was my bedroom window, which was above the bushes, and the bushes were covered with snow, and we basically fell out the window into the snow and went straight down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and um, my father pulled us out, but my sister and I just got buried in the snow instantly. So that was a big memory. And then, you know, the, the memory of everyone in our street was very diligent about shoveling out their driveway. I think we had a bunch of fathers that couldn't wait to get back to work. <laughs> and, and so uh, all the driveways were shoveled right up to the street, uh, but but the snow, you know, they weren't going to start shoveling the street. They were all waiting for the snow plows, and uh, and that didn't come for over a week. Uh, the other the other big memory that my father reminded me of was our next door neighbor uh, David Ramsey. Uh, when the snow plows fa- finally came, he ran out to the end of his driveway and plopped a big bottle of whiskey in the middle of the, in the snow for the snowplow drivers. Mm. And, um, so I wanted to put that in because like all the parents came out and gathered, but of course, you know, hot chocolate seemed like a better choice <laughs> than, uh, than whiskey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a picture book. But that's basically, uh, you know, something that, Really happened on our street, you know. Everyone gathered. The snowplow stopped, and everyone had a toast.
0: Maybe we could talk a little bit about how you know this book has sort of a, I guess, a thematic uh, companion to, to blackout. Uh, you know, blizzards you know certainly have a way of bringing people together, um, especially if they're stuck in the house. And you know, the same is true of of blackouts. I mean, was this a more explicitly autobiographical story uh, than blackout, or were you also sort of drawing on some personal experiences uh, when you published that book?
1: Blackout was more. It was more based on the stories that I heard from other people, um, and that was the 2003 blackout. And at the time, I was actually living uh, in Los Angeles during the 2003 blackout, mm-hmm. so I wasn't there for that one. Um, but Blizzard is is definitely much more autobiographical. It's much more, you know, my family's experience. But it's it's a you know, there's a lot of people that lived through this blizzard, and there's people that lived through a, a big blizzard in Ohio that same year. And you know, if you talk to people, they there are you know they have that same kind of fond memory of like, I survived that blizzard, and we did it together. And um, so, I wanted to draw on that as well, and and sort of the, the neighborhood. You know kinship, and and this one, of course, takes place in sort of a suburban type town, whereas um, blackout takes place in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they go well together because of the, the 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 style and the pacing and and the type of story that they are. Mm.
0: And like you said, you know, children's experience of whether it's a blackout or a blizzard is often very different than. Uh, the adult experience, you know, where work is disrupted and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But they both have a certain certain magic to them, I feel like. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And as I started working on this book, um, another sort of big influence for me was, was Ernest Shackleton, um, which this is the hundredth year of his uh, famous heroic uh, sort of Journey—I guess you could call it uh, his life-saving quest. um, If you're familiar with Ernest Shackleton's story, um, where you know he was on a polar expedition and his ship, the the, uh, Endeavour, I believe it was called, um, got stranded in the ice, and I think they were on living on the ice for almost two years.
0: Yeah, there's a there's actually a new graphic novel. I think right, of this yes. season about it, then of course, I'm blanking on all the details, but I do remember the it was a, a long cold winter there as well
1: yeah, and he actually went in a rowboat and went on this long journey uh to get help, and he ended up saving his entire crew mm. uh, who were out on the ice for years, so you know it was pretty amazing, so I wanted to kind of have a little bit of a nod to that with uh the the main character who is me and his sort of polar expedition, but hmm. you know, on a kid scale.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over fences, around the bushes, and <laughs> rambling yes, exactly. through the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so now I do have to ask. And you, know, you, you said you have a daughter; she's eight, a uh, little younger than you were. But you know, if there's you know major blizzard in the next you know couple years, are, are you going to uh, you? Are, do you have t- tennis rackets hand?y Is she going to get a chance to reenact this, or is this a, a different time, different place kind of thing? You know,
1: it is a different time. It's mm-hmm. it, and and uh, you know, I'm I'm sort of nostalgic for that time when, when we were left to our own devices as children, Uh, you know, we could go out and we could go on adventures and, and they just can't do it anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. they, it's, whether it's not safe or we've become more helicopter parents constantly hovering over our children to make sure they're safe. Um, Yeah, the times are different and, and, you know, I, I like to reminisce in, in my books about those those adventures, you know, even with Superhero and the Barber of Doom, uh, you know, kids playing on their own, uh, getting together and meeting up at the playground or, or whatever it is. And, and I was that kid. You know, I left the house in the morning, uh, especially summertime, uh, and I would go fishing down at the end of our dock. And uh, I wouldn't come back until the end of the day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we'd have all sorts of adventures. But now it's like, you know, you could live in a neighborhood and not even know your neighbors. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've become so much more insular.
0: Well, that certainly felt like a big part of uh, Blackout, where it really took something as dramatic to disrupt uh, daily existence, where you could finally be out in the street and, you know, on the rooftops and sort of connect with the people around you. Exactly. Yes. Since we're talking about blackout, and since I'm forcing you to to dredge up all these uh, memories, I feel like I need to ask about uh, the Caldecott Honor. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that morning, as much as you remember it, and getting that phone call? Oh yeah, gosh, um, it was amazing. I mean, I don't I don't know what
1: to say <laughs> except it was uh, you know something that you you you, you dream about mm-hmm. as a children's book creator. I mean that, that is just the ultimate. And so to get that call on that book, um, was beyond thrilling, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's the biggest feather I could ever put in my cap. Um, so for me, it was, it was great. And I'm still thrilled about it. I have the plaque, you know, on my wall right above my where I work and and uh I still have fond memories of that whole year it was like a year of exciting things one after another um and you know two two of my very good friends uh recently also won Caldecott, Peter Brown uh won the f- the next year and then uh Brian Floca of course won the medal uh this past year mm-hmm. was it this past year yeah I think yep. so um so that was just amazing to to you, you know see them win it and you know you kind of hope that for all your friends that make books but mm-hmm. um, yeah it was great it was mm-hmm. great I, I I'm sort of speechless about that <laughs> still you know
0: <laughs> yeah were you speechless at the moment do you remember what you uh what you might have said in response anything like that
1: yeah yeah I mean, you know I, I was I was kind of I was in shock and thrilled and it didn't really sink in, you know, it took a while for it to sink in of what it really meant. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just meeting people as you go to events and sign books and have them tell you, you know, how much the book meant to them and, and how the, you know, how they connected with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the, the ultimate, reward for making a book and and then having people connect with it in that way is is
0: fantastic mm-hmm. and um you know onto a slightly different topic uh you know you've been involved with the uh you know the rick riordan uh, with the percy jackson books and his his artwork for for several years now um yes do you remember what that was like at the beginning and what's it been like being involved with such a, a sort of a prominent uh franchise for for a while now
1: yeah um well, the beginning was like, okay, this is here's a here's a book jacket job. And it was my first book jacket that I'd ever illustrated. Hmm. Um and you know, you don't know that this thing's gonna explode into what it's gonna what it is now, you know, which I don't know, forty million copies in print or something. Mm-hmm. And um and you know, it was I, I remember reading the book and and they asked me if I could make a cover for the for the first one which was The Lightning Thief and it was a redo of the original cover um they had a cover but apparently they wanted to change it up as they often do mm-hmm. for books to see if it could get a little more traction and uh and so I had no preconceived notions of what a middle grade children's book cover Is supposed to look like So I kind of did my own thing And it seemed to work So they kept me on to do The next series and the next series And and next year I'll be starting uh, To illustrate the covers For the Norse mythology series Mm -hmm. uh, Which he just announced the title Magnus Chase And the Gods of Asgard I believe it's called
0: (laughs) Yeah, Excellent And were you already pretty well versed In Greek mythology before before the series or is that something you sort of had to no i've kind
1: of i've kind of been catching up on it as i i had read dolier's stuff and then i perused through some of robert grave's stuff which is amazing um so yeah i'm i'm still learning as i go and and now i'm hopefully going to learn a lot about Norse mythology. (laughs)
0: Lots of ogres and uh, (laughs) things like that. Yeah. Um, Trolls. Trolls, yes, especially. Speaking of uh, Percy Jackson, you you also did a a mythology compendium, uh, Percy Jackson's Greek Gods, uh, somewhat recently. Uh, Were there any particular images from that book uh, that you were especially uh, happy with the way they turned out?
1: Yeah, there's, I mean, there's quite a few paintings in the book. I think there's almost 60 paintings Mm -hmm. in the whole book. And uh, I had so much fun with it. Um, You know, if I could, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's a, I would say there's 10 or 12 that I'm like, yeah, I'm really happy with that. But, you know, I'm, I'm very critical of my own work. And, and most of the time I'll just look at a little tiny area of the painting and I'll be, like, okay, that is working really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I love about this book is kind of the whole package of the book. It, it, it's really a stunning volume. as It's it's pretty large, mm-hmm. so, and it's very heavy uh, because they printed it all on beautiful, glossy paper. Um, so I, I'd have to say that the book as a whole is kind of something I'm very proud of. Sure, uh, it's one of those volumes that you can kind of put on your shelf and or put on your coffee table, and I love beautiful books. So for me to be part of making one was just thrilling.
0: Getting back to picture books a little bit, uh, do you see yourself uh, continuing to illustrate other writers' work as well? Or have you found, you know, with these last few books that that's taking more of a back seat as you want illustri- to write and illustrate your own stories?
1: Well, it's funny. Uh, I started writing and illustrating my own books kind of right off the get-go, which I was very lucky to have that opportunity to do it. Uh, and, and then I also started illustrating manuscripts if a manuscript came in and i felt it was a good fit uh, i would do it and and so far that's been really fun too it's a very different challenge and it's a very different process for me um right now i just finished yesterday the final painting of a of a picture book that someone else wrote um and uh, the I'm not sure when that's coming out. I think it's coming out in the fall of next year. It's called "Beep Beep Go to Sleep," written by Todd Tarpley, hmm. and uh, and so I I thoroughly enjoy both, you know, writing and illustrating, and and illustrating someone else's manuscript with. When I work on my own, I'm constantly changing the text as I'm as I'm coming up with the images, and you know, finessing and tweaking and and things like that. With Blackout, I ended up trying to make that a wordless picture book. Uh, For me, that was the goal for a long, long time. I had done about eight book dummies, Mm -hmm. all wordless. And then I suddenly realized, you know, if I just sprinkle in a few words here and there, it's really going to help this move along. And give it some pacing that I needed. And, and that's how that book evolved, was, was really having all these images in my head and, and then finding the right words to kind of balance it all out.
0: Now, uh, your wife, Eileen, is also a, uh, a children's book creator. Have the two of yes. you ever discussed uh, working together?
1: We have. We kind of tried at one point. We had a story that we were working on. But it's funny. We, we kind of have very different aesthetics. When it comes to i guess storytelling mm-hmm. and so and we're both illustrators, so you know she's making her own books, she has her vision, and I have mine and and uh maybe someday we'll do something together um it's funny i'm I'm very good at like shading and and lighting and things like that, and she's really good at line work um so you'd think, oh maybe we'll." We'll start working on the same art together, which could be a possibility. She's working on a graphic novel right now, mm-hmm. and, uh, which I guess will take another year or so for her to finish. So you know, maybe when she's done with that, we'll talk about
0: it. Hmm. And uh, are there any other uh, projects you're, you're working on uh, that you can talk about at all? Maybe another middle grade novel or something after Swim the Rock or something else?
1: Yeah, um, Swim that Rock. Is came out in April, and uh, the co-author, Jay Permiano, who I wrote the book with, um, he and I have been talking about a sequel, and uh, we're sort of in the very beginning stages of it. Uh, we'll see how much we can get done over the next year. And uh, I'm going to be working on a sequel for How to Train a Train, which uh, was written by Jason Carter Eaton. That came out uh, last year.
0: Oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, congratulations again on Blizzard, and uh, thank you for speaking with me.
1: Thanks very much. I, en- I enjoyed it tremendously.
0: Once again, I've been speaking with John Rocco, whose new picture book, Blizzard, is out in late October from Disney Hyperion. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast.